You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. What's happening? It's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason Lacanfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle, guys. Carl Dukes put him up along with my man Jason Lacanfora. Brian Baldinger is a part of this podcast as well, and we are counting down now to the start of free agency. But before we get there, this week as we record this podcast, it's Combine Week. And we are now going to start taking a look at team needs. And we're going to start in the back of the draft, not in the front. Okay, we know the Bears have the first overall pick as we speak right now. They may trade it. But let's start in the back of this draft because we're going to kind of come back to forward, all right, backwards to forwards. And we want to talk about the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Lions, and the 49ers today because those were the teams we were watching at the end of the season. And believe it or not, yes, they were great, but they all still have needs. So, Jason, as we get started, let's talk about the Super Bowl champions, the Chiefs. I think more than anything, they got to find some more wideouts. Now, whether it's in the draft or free agency or however they're going to do it. But Rasheed Rice, he was accountable. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey. Outside of that, I don't trust any of these guys. And believe it or not, Nicole Hardman, uh, Richie James, set to become free agent. Uh, they've got a bunch of other guys that are under contract, including Marquez uh, Valdez-Scantling, which, again, I don't know what that means. Uh, Kadarius Tony's under contract. But but they've got to find some more wideouts. Guys, they do have six draft picks in this draft as we speak right now. Jason, do you just say, screw it, I take the best wideout at the end of this first round, whatever that is? Um, I'm not sure. Uh about that approach. And obviously in this sport, free agency is going to come first. Right. And I, I do think they'll be able to make some moves here. Um, you know, I, I'll be, I'll be interested to see how they approach it. They could use another possession guy. They can obviously use a home run hitter. The deep ball just wasn't there. Right. And rice does a lot of nice things underneath. We know what Kelsey is and he'll get some big plays yards after the catch, but he's not catching the ball 50 yards downfield. You know, MVS showed up a few times in the playoffs. I think he might be a bit of a salary cap casualty, though, when it's all said and done. If they can upgrade over him, then I think they'll move on from him. So, like, would they rather, like, rent a one-year mercenary potential deep guy like Brandon Cooks, right, and then lean into receiver in, uh, in the draft? 
you know, do they go do, like if Keenan Allen is cut by the Chargers? Like, I get it, he's not the downfield guy, but if you had Keenan Allen and Kelsey and Rice, you've now taken care of. I mean, short, intermediate, like intermediate slash deep, and then maybe you take a flyer on a deep guy in the draft um, who can take the top off a little bit. Uh, you know, Mike Evans would be interesting again, more like the Keenan Allen possession guy at this stage, uh, but just a playmaker, a guy with a big catch radius, a guy who can just make something out of nothing. I, they probably need to do one of each, um, to be honest with you. But in terms of the draft, like if they stay at the back end of the draft, their tackle play really oscillated through the year, you know, and I, I know they made a splash signing a year ago. And that dude, right, the first game of the year, he's lining up five yards behind the line of scrimmage. Like, <laughs> you know, do you want to run that back? You know, they 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 won one, you know, with Orlando Brown and company and decided they thought they could upgrade off of that. So I think there's probably going to be an offensive lineman just sitting there for them at the end of the first round who they have a pretty high grade on, you know, who may start as a swing guy and then who knows, maybe take over sometime during the year. If that doesn't have to happen, then you've, you've got somebody long-term. But um, they've drafted incredibly well, especially on defense. Not a ton of holes there. Uh, their whole offseason to me is really about Chris Jones, and I'm sure they will make that happen. I'll be shocked if they don't make that happen. Yeah. But they've, they've got to make that happen. And I'm sure they'll also continue to throw resources into their defensive front. Um you know, Karloft is some of the young edge guys I think are coming along. But let's face it, Chris Jones is getting to a, a period now where he's not Chris Jones every week. Like Chris Jones, November, December's, he's got to manage himself. And they didn't have a deep enough rotation up front. Like they, they, they need to be able to go hopefully this year seven deep, you know. Hopefully your eighth guy you're making, you know, you're making some decisions on game day or there's somebody on your practice squad who you think could play, you know, could be a rotational defensive lineman in this league. So I think those are some of their needs. Um, Brett Beach, Andy Reid do a tremendous job. The quarterback makes everybody better. Right? And I think we'll find out, is the league, is the division catching up to them at all? You know, what what is Sean Payton in year two? Uh, what is Antonio Pierce in year one full-time NFL head coach? And how much of an impact does Harbaugh make? Because uh, let's be real, the rest of the division is obviously chasing. They have five guys on that D-line that are hitting for agency. And to your point, depth is an issue. The Chris Jones thing, listen, at the parade, you guys heard him. I'm not going nowhere. He wants to be there. I agree. He'll get his loot. He'll get his bag. The Donovan Smith thing is interesting. That's left tackle. He hits free agency. And that's, Jason, that's where I agree with you. If a, an offensive lineman is there that has a high grade, you got to protect Patrick Mahomes. I think you you choose that potentially right now where we're at over the wide receiver situation because you could address that in free agency. But the Chiefs, here's what we're saying, guys. They have needs. They won, they won this, the Super Bowl, but they still go into this offseason having needs. What we know about the Chiefs, though, is who no matter who's playing wide receiver, that guy, that, that 15 guy, he makes everybody better, right? Yes, sir. So you're going to be okay, even if you end up not getting, per se, the guy you want or the guy you target, but they've got a couple of needs. I just feel like 
that D-line depth is going to be an issue, even if you sign Chris Jones and then the O-line. But but the wide receiver spot for me is where they need to be. Six picks as we speak. It's Carl Dukes. It's Jason Lock on four. It's in the huddle, guys, as we talk about the back half of the draft. All right? Chiefs, Ravens, Lions, 49ers. Let's get to the Ravens. Because as good as they were, Jason, 29 players, free agents on this team. So all of a sudden now, Eric DaCosta has got a lot, it's a general manager, has got a lot of decisions to make when it comes to not only the O-line, which you're talking about Lamar, the linebacker situation, DBs, who's running the football. Like, I'm looking at this Ravens team, Jason, I'm going, they got a lot of stuff to cover here. Oh, yeah. This is not like they just go, all right, we're coming no. right back. We'll be yeah. in the AFC Championship game. No, they're not running it back because, and also we've talked about this in past episodes, a ton of brain drain on their defensive staff. They've been gutted. So, um, yes, they, they've it, like uh, again part of the the reason people around here won't forget Todd Munkin and John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson decided they didn't need to run the football in that game is because they hadn't been in one of those games around here in like fifty years, uh, hosting an AFC Championship game and. and yeah, there's there's no guarantees you get back. And frankly, a whole hell of a lot of things are going to have to break right for them to get back. You know, this is the time of year where everybody um, has their list out, right? Best potential free agents. Trust me, on my show, we talk about this four hours a day. We've seen them all. You're going to see six Ravens in everybody's top 50, top 60. And you're going to see if the people who really dive deep you're going to see 12 or 13 Ravens free agents in most people's top 175, top 200 available. Um, yeah, the cap went up. Oh, the cap went up for everybody. The Ravens still versus most of the field are not in a great space to win bidding wars. And they don't generally want to win bidding wars. And this owner hasn't done a whole lot outside of the building, frankly, in free agency. And so when you don't really buy other people's players, and a lot of your best players are free agents. And it's your first full offseason with Lamar making this money. Because remember, last year, the drama dragged out into the offseason. You know, there's certainly questions to be asked. Um, to me, the biggest deficiency on the team is the group of edge rushers. And you can say, well, how could you say that? They just led the league in sacks. And they were the first team in NFL history to be the number one scoring defense, lead the league in takeaways, and lead the league in sacks. And I'd say, well, let's look where those sacks came from. You know, and, and Clowney and Van Noy are free agents. Um, Justin Matabike will get franchise tag. I don't know that Justin Matabike is going to get 13 sacks again next year. Like, he might. Like, it might just be this ascendant thing. But that that's a big number. Um, and I can tell you this. They got, what, less than five total sacks or less than six, seven total sacks out of uh, Adafi Owe and David Ajabo. And that's a first-round pick. and. You know, they looked at Ajabo as basically a redshirt first-round pick. Remember, he hurt himself at Michigan in his pro day. The Ravens take him day two the following year, redshirt him year one. Year two was supposed to be his breakout. He had one sack week one, suffered a season-ending injury. The guy has not played much football in years. And he was supposed to be the person taking over for this, this you know, sort of passing of the baton from Judon and Suggs to these, you know, these young guys. Ty Spalzer won't be back. He was a very, I don't even play last year, but he was a very useful edge defender for them in a multitude of ways. Um, I'm not sure if any of those guys are coming back. Like, you're not getting Genevieve on Clowney for five, six million bucks. 
He's going to want ten. He was making yeah. ten a year in Cleveland. Like, yeah. are they going to are they going to do that? Are they going to be able to do that? You know, Van Noy's not coming back for a couple million. Guy almost had ten sacks. Didn't even play a whole season because he came off the couch in, in October. So. I don't know how that's going to shape out, but there ain't a whole lot of there there in terms of pass rush with this team. Um, offensive line, the center, Linderbaum, will be back. Beyond that, we're not sure. I would go to Ronnie Stanley and their left tackle and try to get him to take a pay cut. Between mm. Stanley, Stanley and Ronnie Mo- and Morgan Moses, there's no way I, I would run both tackles back out there. And for a team that's been the number one running team in the league for four or five years running, they have – one healthy running back, you know, Justice Hill. That's it. You know, Gus Edwards, are they going to bring him back? He didn't see much outside of short yardage stuff this year. Does he really fit this offense? They should bring J.K. Dobbins back, but there's been a lot of bad blood between him and the team over his injuries. Does he want to come back for a couple million bucks? Look, they gave Odell Beckham $15 million last year for not a whole lot. They've never been able to identify wide receivers here in the draft and free agency. It's been a bugaboo for them forever. Are they better off saying, you know what? Isaiah Likely is an ascending player. We like him. Every time Andrews is hurt, Likely looks the part. What about getting these two involved at the same time? And screw 11 personnel. We're going to live in 12 and 13 personnel. And let's go get a running back, Josh Jacobs, who when he's on the field, there's no tells. Instead of re-bringing guys in and out, right, three different guys. When Gus Edwards is on the field, you know what they're going to do. When Gus Edwards goes off and Justice Hill comes on, you probably know what they're going to do. Josh Jacobs is a true three-down back. There are no tells. You don't know if it's going to be inside or outside. You don't know if it's going to be power or it's going to be outside zone. Like, they've done really good identifying running backs. Josh Jacobs has never played with a great quarterback. He's never played with a great offensive line. He's been incredibly productive. And remember, he came into the league really young. Saban only chewed him up for one year, not two, three, four years like some of these other running backs going back to the Trent Richardson days. So he doesn't have as much tread on his tires. Like, could you get him around what he made last year? And, you know, you got Bateman back at wide receiver. Like, I don't know. You brought Aguilar back. You've got Zay Flowers. Like, you've got these two tight ends who you should be better throwing the ball at a heavy packages, especially if you have a, an every down back. So, I don't think they'll do it, but I think it's the kind of thing they should consider. And then Patrick Queen, right? Who's going to play next to Roquan Smith? Well, it's going to be this kid, Trenton Simpson, um, who they drafted in the third round the year before, who played really well week 18 against Pittsburgh. He's got a lot of the, the, the flash and the acceleration and the twitch that Patrick Queen had. Um, but that's going to be a big ask for Roquan Smith because part of the reason he got his money is to make everybody around him better. So, yeah, there's – I mean, Geno Smith was second in the league in interceptions. He's not coming back. You know, they're paying Marcus Williams a lot of money. They're going to have to pay Kyle Hamilton a lot of money. What, so kind, of money, is, what kind of money is Patrick Queen going to command? He's going to be the best linebacker at his position in free agency, right? Yeah, but it's just not a position that people really want to that a lot of people want to pay yeah. for. Yeah. I my my hunch is he's closer to 16 than 20. You know, okay. Roquan got 20. And I know a year ago, right, you had uh Edmonds leave 
Buffalo to replace Roquan Smith in Chicago for like 18 and a half. But like, I don't know that Patrick Queen's going to get that. Like, he's hmm. he's gotten better in coverage. I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's great in coverage. Like, he's gotten better not overrunning plays and wrapping up, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's the surest tackler in the history of the world. And when he had to wear the green dot, right? And if you're going to pay a guy 16, 18, 20 million a year, he's supposed to be your central nervous system. When he had to wear the green dot, it, it was so bad that they went and hemorrhaged the draft to get Roquan Smith. Right. right. So, like, does he end up like, does Mike McDonald say out in Seattle, that's the guy I got to have? Mm. You know, like Jordan Brooks is up. Like, Jordan Brooks was in that draft. Like, does he say, right? Jordan Brooks went to Seattle right before the Ravens took Patrick Queen. Like, does he say, I got to have Patrick Queen to, to teach this to everybody? Maybe. Maybe. Like, like does does Anthony Weaver down, you know, who left their D-line coach, who went and now is running Miami's defense? Like, does he need Patrick Queen? I mean, they're, they're, they're cutting guys left and right down there. Like, I don't know what they're going to bring in, even if it's 16 and a half million dollar linebacker. But, like, does he pound the table for him? Because if not... I start having a hard time finding who's going to give this guy 18, 19, 20 million a year. Like those are, I'm not so sure it's out there for him. Yeah, no, listen, those are interesting connections and places where he could end up as guys. We're talking about the back half of the draft. We're talking about the chiefs. We're talking about the Ravens. These are the teams we saw in the NFC, AFC championship games, but they still all have needs. And I think more than any of these teams are going to discuss today, the Ravens have the most things that they have to deal with. They got more players hitting free agency, and Jason's laying out all the possible scenarios. And as he mentioned, they've been gutted in the coaching staff. Speaking of that, Jason, does the defensive scheme change under the new DC? They stay the course, even though they got a new staff in there. No, I think a lot of the principles and philosophies stay okay. the same. Because um, that could change personnel, right? If it did. Yeah, I, I I would be really surprised if Zach Orr came in here and you know, Zach Orr played linebacker for the Ravens. He coached linebackers. Mike McDonald coached linebackers, right? He coached under McDonald. Those two know each other going way back. I don't think he was anointed the next man up to take this in a whole different direction from where it went, right? Like they put a scheme together that allowed guys at every level to play at a at an all-world level, right? Like, it brought out the best in Justin Matabike, who they're going to have to pay $22 million a year now moving forward, right, to be their three technique. It brought out the best in Kyle Hamilton, who went from, like, this freak athlete, but what position do, does he play, to we don't – wherever McDonald put him, he dominated. He dominated all three levels the second half of the season. So, right, you want to keep that intact. Um, and Roquan Smith – was the fourth multiplier in this defense and everything that he touches works. So I, I don't think it's going to change dramatically, schematically. I do wonder though, if he's going to have the same Midas touch that McDonald working with Denard Wilson, who's now running the Titans defense, the way that they change their coverage, um, you know, the ability to so easily toggle between any zone defense you want to throw out there. And, and knowing when to mix that up and, and knowing sort of what to show and what to hide. I, I don't know that Zach Orr comes in day one and has that. Mike McDonald didn't have it the first six, eight weeks of his defensive coordinator stint right. in right. 2022. 
it didn't take off till they acquired Roquan Smith in the middle of the 22 season. And then from there to now, it's been amazing. Um, the defense is going to regress. Like it, They're not going to lead the league in sacks next year. They're not going to lead the league in takeaways next year. They're not going to be the best scoring defense in the league next year. Like If you're counting on all that as part of this equation, I think you're, you're doing it wrong. Um, I think they're going to have to play more keep away offensively because I think the defense is going to have some more holes. And I'm not sure the defense is going to give the offense all those short fields and all those takeaways again. Because, again, you tell me for this team right now who rushes the passer. Because, like, even Matabike right now isn't under – like, he's not technically under contract. But they're going to tag him. But, like, like there is – there the cavalry ain't coming. You know, this was supposed to be always breakout year. He looks like a good rotational – like, he looks like he looks like, a, he looks like Ty Fowler who doesn't play coverage. Like, he looks like a guy – He'll get you five and a half, seven sacks, um, can set the edge, uh, won't hurt you, pretty sound, you know, like long levers, longer levers than Tyus Bowser. But, like, so Jabo, I don't know what David Jabo is. I mean, uh, at this point, at the NFL level, like, is he going to get hurt again? Six six games in two years, right? How do you bank on that? I mean, he was supposed to be their next great pass rusher. He's the guy who at training camp last year, they're telling you, He's he's polished. He's ready. He's got the moves. He knows how to set people up. I can tell you what he couldn't do. He couldn't set the edge worth a damn. In the preseason, they were running tight ends, tight end uh, end arounds on him. Just <laughs> not even uh, yeah. tight ends. They were running tight ends at him in the run game just because they knew he couldn't. He couldn't hold. He couldn't hold up. Yeah, it's uh, so. Here's the deal, Ravens fans. Offensive line, outside linebacker. Wide receiver, running back. I mean, the cornerback depth. There's a lot to address there. The Ravens are going to fundamentally change. I'm curious to see if they can maintain where they were. And I'm with Jason. Something's going to take a step back. So, and, and probably it's going to be the defense. We're going to come back. Speaking of defense, the Detroit Lions were right there. What do they need to add to their team as we talk about the combine this week and also getting ready for NFL free agency? We're coming back. In just a moment on In the Huddle. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday.
Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. All right, Jason, let's talk about the Detroit Lions because Dan Campbell, all right, um, last year, and I criticized the Lions. I think think we kind of all did. But let's go back. Jameer Gibbs, right? We said, what the hell are they doing? Jack Campbell at linebacker. We said, what the hell are they doing? Sam Laporta didn't necessarily poo-poo that pick, but Laporta had over 1,000 yards and 107 balls. He was a baller this year. And then they drafted a kid named Brian Branch, who had 13 pass defenders. They hit in the draft. Jason, last year, all of those guys contributed, and the Detroit Lions, with golf and company, go to the NFC Championship game. So this year, they have pick 29, pick 61, pick 73, pick 92. They have two third-round picks in their first four. Um, I think they've got an added edge rusher. I love Aiden Hutchinson. Absolutely. you got to go get somebody else, right? Somebody opposite of him. I mean, look, do, do they go out and say, hey, Clowney, we'll, we'll get, you know, you, people are thinking that you want, you know, 10 is your floor. Like, uh, do they have a meeting with his people and basically say, don't do anything without calling us? Like, because mm-hmm. he's not going to blow up the cap for years to come. Now, you could also say, what are the odds he stays that fully healthy two years in a row? Like, I, I get it, but could you go get him one year, 12 million bucks? Like, he's definitely going to help your run defense even more. He's going to take a strength and make it even more of a strength. Like, it's a unique body type. Like, you have to sort of account for him. Like, I'd rather do that than do something crazy for Chase Young. You know what I mean? And and you're right. thinking about maybe cutting the guy. You know, we're, we're sitting here a year from now saying, how can they get out of Chase Young's contract? You know, I I don't know that I want to go that way. Like, the Jets have a really interesting situational pass rusher, right? The Bryce Huff good. Like, do they look at something like that and say, yeah, like, we'll add, you know, try to add an every down guy plus add that situational rotational guy. Cause we know they got no, don't, don't move. Hey, don't move Aiden Hutchinson inside. You know, they'll find a way to keep him on the field. And that, that dude plays all the snaps. So I, I think it, it really, it all starts at D line for them. Um, in, in my mind, is the secondary, the greatest in the world. No, I think they need to keep drafting corners and, and, you know, uh, safeties. But if that's a team that can get a pass rush with four, with a little more regularity, uh, without the ebbs and flows that are, that come from only really having one guy you have to defend, you know, I mean, I, I think you, you add a D. I'd like to see them solve some of their problems in the free agency so that the draft's a luxury because they're not right. used to picking where they're picking, and it's a whole different ball game where you're picking where you're picking. Like, you got a whole lot less say in how this is going to go down, right? So, like, if they could add a serviceable D-tackle and and someone who's a potential difference maker on the edge, you know, now we, we can just we – can, we can throw our guard at the best player available, you know what I mean, each time we come up at the bottom of a round. 
Like, I think that's the position. They need to be in a position of strength before the draft. You don't want to go into the draft chasing needs because when you chase needs where they're picking, it's all just a whole different scenario. The odds are even more stacked against you. But, yeah, D-line, D-line, D-line. They are uh, also, when we talk about the Lions, they were 19th in yards allowed, 23rd in points allowed. So that that is the thing. Like, their offense was really good. We knew that. And that's what kind of carried them. But those numbers have to get better. And you mentioned corner. Uh, here in, in, in Georgia, you know, Kamari Lassiter is a, is a player that, that keeps getting a lot of love. We'll see what he does at the Combine. But he's a guy that could potentially, you know, they could look at late in this draft and maybe take a corner if they wanted to go that route. Remember, Aaron Glenn, still there. Ben Johnson, still there. So they didn't lose any of their staff, per se, in this offseason. So the focus, you know, as far as what they want to do with those guys, I don't think anything changes. If you can get Aiden Hutchinson some help, shoot up the corner spot, Detroit's going to be a – they're going to be a problem again next year, you know. And who knows, by the way, what happens with Kirk Cousins, whether he goes back to Minnesota. But as much as I love what Green Bay did, to me it's Green Bay, it's the Lions, right? And that division, yeah. who's going to who's gonna win that division yeah. next year? Well, and, and obviously we've, we've left the elephant in the room. Like, they've got to secure – like, they've been talking to Jared Goff now forever. Like, that needs to get done. Like, we what need to know what he's going to – We need to know what he's going to cost moving forward. But like, what is what is his range, Jason? Like, is he Daniel 45 Jones? 45 to 55. I mean, 40 – I mean, okay. after the playoffs, 47 to 55, just depending on – Okay. You know, I, I – how stuck in he gets. I I don't really think he wants to be anywhere else. And, and he's at a point in his life and he's made enough money where I think at a certain point you let your agents know that. I really <laughs> like playing in this dome. I really like playing with all these young twitchy guys who make my stats look good after I check it down to them. You know, I like throwing <laughs> the ball three yards to Jameer Gibbs and getting 36 in my box score. Um, so, but they've got to secure that. And then, what I also like that they do have going for them, though, even though they're picking so low, you're already starting to hear it. You're going to hear more and more about offensive line, offensive line, the best offensive line draft ever. And I'm not going to tell you that the Lions won't dabble with that because value is value. But that that they don't, they're not, most teams are sitting there saying, we need multiple offensive linemen. Like even these four best teams in the league we're focusing on today. San Francisco's offensive line is garbage outside yeah. of one guy. Yep. The Chiefs were worried about both tackles and Joe Tooney, right? Got hurt late last year. Joe Tooney, he he's way closer to the end than the beginning. Baltimore outside of Linderbaum right now, they can't tell you who they're what their starting five is next year. The Lions don't have those issues. You know, right now looks like he's gonna be back. Like get him healthy. It's a deep, young for the most part, offensive line. So while everybody else is grabbing these tackles and guards, it's it's pushing people down the board to them, right? We don't need a quarterback. We're going to sign Jared Goff. So five or six of them go in the first round. Helps. That's fine, right? Yeah. So now we've moved up five spots. Right. Let's say eight offensive linemen are gone before them. Now we've cut the first round in half. So there might be a D lineman, you know, or, or a potential impact corner who should have gone higher, but they're not because of these runs on other position groups. So that's why if you if, if you feel really good about your D-line going into that draft, you might really have a chance to put some things over the top in April. 
it is uh it's going to be interesting for the Lions um to see how they add to a very talented roster. And now, Jason, there's expectations. There's never been expectations for the Lions. There's expectations now that they're gonna have to deal with, and that's a different kind of pressure. You can tell me, like you said, drafting, you know, one through five for the last 10 years. Okay, great. Now it's a different expectation. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to break down the 49ers as we talk about the last four teams in this draft. The 49ers currently have the 31st overall pick, but they do have a luxury this season when it comes to the draft. We're going to tell you about it next on In the Huddle. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Jason, you said it. The O-line for the 49ers. And first of all, they get to the NFC Championship game. We, we get it. They get to the Super Bowl. We know what happened. But from a personnel standpoint, as I look at this O-line, I'm kind of amazed that they were able to do what they did based on the fact that this is an average offensive line. You said it all season long. Take Trent Williams out. They're busters, right? There's not a lot of guys with, with, with clout. Uh, that you trust on that offensive line that you feel like, oh, no Trent Williams, they're still one of the best offensive lines in the league. So they have to address that, right? I mean, they have the 31st pick, 63rd, 94, 98. That's four in the top 100 for the San Francisco 49ers, which is great considering what they've done, but they've collected picks. They did that with the Trey Lance uh, trade, but they got to address this old line. I don't care if it's Brock Purdy or whatever, and we know it will be, but they, they got to address the O-line, right? Oh, they better. They better. Um, look, I, I think these guys get a huge subsidy from playing in the NFC at a time where the NFC has been increasingly down. Um, they were 2-4 and four against the AFC last year. Mm. Including the Ravens game, right? Right. Got their ass kicked by the Ravens. Got their ass kicked by the Bengals. Lost yep. a close one to the Browns. Lost a close one in the Super Bowl. Beat the Steelers. Um, trying to remember who else they played. But, like, they played Andy Reid, lost, and they got their ass kicked by the AFC North, the best division in football. So, like, how great are the 49ers? Like, how great are the 49ers? I, 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 I you know, Vegas overvalued them, but they finished the league the, the year 5-10-1. and one against the spread since week six. So they were clearly the most overhyped team or one of the most overhyped teams in the NFL in terms of what the expectations were for them each week, right? What the line said they should do versus opponents versus what they actually did. Uh, and I have problems with them in the trenches. So they'll probably win a lot of games next year, but like 
I, I don't think Brock Purdy's going to do the things that other quarterbacks do to cover up weaknesses. Like you better sure things up around him pretty good. Um, you know, you better find a way to make Bosa play like it matters every single week. Like for the money you're paying him, for the money you're paying him shouldn't like shouldn't have to be that way. You know, the Chase Young thing didn't work out. What did that cost them? More draft capital. Where have they struggled in the draft? I get it. You found Brock Purdy. If they thought Brock Purdy was that great, I'm going to let you in a little secret. They wouldn't have waited until the last pick of the draft to use it on him. Okay? That's how much conviction they had in that in real time. Yeah. And that's a reality. That's a fact. So, yeah, I've got some questions about them. Like, if Trent Williams goes down, the whole thing crumbles. Like, finding – in this draft with all these tackles – if they don't find their left tackle in the future, um, shame on them. Like, if they get too cute and trade down because we need value, well, you 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 need you need offensive linemen who can play, and you probably need them to be younger and cheaper because you got one more year before Brock Purdy gets his mega deal. So, and then the D line, like the Hargrave signing, don't look good right now. Like, and I'm not sure it's going to look. I'm sure it's going to look that much better a year from now. He's got an injury history. He's getting up there. You needed him to be dominant last year. He wasn't, you know? I, I think you know what Armstead is, right? He helps your run game a lot, but he's not going to give you a lot of pass rush. Chase Young's going into free agency. So yes. I, I got big questions about them in the trenches. Doesn't sound like Brandon Ayuk's, you know, totally happy there being the third wheel or whatever. Um, and, like, Again, this is not a team that's drafted exceptionally well. You 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 made a splash trade at the deadline, which we all applauded, and and the sentiment was right, but it it, it didn't work out, and now you're going to pay the piper for it. You're still paying the piper for the Trey Lance trade. Like you you've had some missteps there that that everybody seems to want to sweep under the rug. So I think their margins got a lot slimmer. Um, you know, yeah. I look at we talked a lot about Baltimore. Like, I think Baltimore and San Francisco Similar. a year from now are both gonna be like, God damn, we were two or three plays away from our manifest destiny. But you know what? The following year, they, they're gonna find themselves maybe like 30 or 60 plays away. Like, I, I um so yeah, I, I have questions. Like, you better be able to protect the hell out of Brock Purdy because I, I I I charted it pretty good every week and made a lot of money fade him on what happened when he had to actually face pressure, when the pressure rates went up, you know? Um, I, I don't know, Carl. Like, well, I think they're probably going to run the hell out of the football next year again. And I, I bet their run rates go up in terms of what they do. I, 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 I think, you know, how many more years is McCaffrey going to be McCaffrey? Like that next year might be. You know, he's not going to be an MVP candidate the next three years. Like, it's it, – He peaks. He peaks. Yeah. It's a, I mean, the position is the position, you know. Like, so how many more bites at the apple are you going to have with Trent Williams? You know, how many more – like, they've won some bidding wars, including one with Andy Reid to get Trent Williams in the first place. Like, yeah. how many more bidding wars are they going to be in position to win? So here's the other thing. No DC, right? Right now. It's got to be Brandon Staley. I would be shocked if it's not Brandon Staley. All right. They're so, going to drag this out and make it look like 
oh, it was so time-consuming and all, like, oh, my goodness, we put so much into it, and we just came back to this guy. Oh. But, like, I think that's what it's going to be. Okay. So, and, and the only and that was a fraud move, Kyle. That was a fraud, scapegoat, fraud, nepo baby move. Be better. Be yeah. better. Yeah, look, you were talking about Steve Wilkes being let go. Um, and, and again, we, we could talk about that for another two hours. But but yes, they still, as we speak, don't have a DC. That's why we're saying, does that matter as they approach this? Listen, John Lynch, it, this is how I think about what John Lynch is. He's done this. He's been he's the D, he's the defensive guy. He's played defense. Whatever direction John Lynch wants to go with the draft is what they're going to do anyway. I think it doesn't matter if they currently have a D.C. or not. But I know 49er fans have hit me up and said, hey, we don't have a D.C. What, what, what direction are we going to go? Relax. That'll be that'll be resolved. The big thing for me is they've got 11 picks. It's a lot. And four in the top four, 100. And to Jason's point, this is the first time they've not had uh, – this is the first time they've had a first-round pick since 2021. You guys know who, you, you, who they picked? Trey Lance. And he's not even on the team anymore. So first time you've had a first-round pick since 2021, you better make it count as you continue to draft and build depth. And to your point, what's the replacement plan here? Because that, to me, is the big issue with the 49ers. Yeah, they have Ayuk and Samuels and, and Jennings. I get it. But that upfront situation, to me, is the most important thing. And if you feel like Jason McCaffrey may take a step back, which he might, uh, then that becomes even more apparent to me. Like, I've got to be able to open up holes and make this run game as efficient as possible. So we're going to see what uh, Kyle Shanahan does, but the 49ers definitely have needs. And here's the, here's the deal, guys. All these teams, all the teams we saw at the end of the season, as great as they were, go into an offseason with uncertainty. I think, and Jason, you can tell me where you're at. In this order, Ravens, <laughs> the most uncertainty because of the number of guys that they have to deal with. And then you talk about the 49ers and then I would get to uh, the Lions in my opinion would be last simply because they're, they have a young roster. They've done a really good job of drafting. The only issue is they're drafting late. They've got to figure that out. And then, you know, the, the third team I think that's dealing with a lot of adversity, at least in the offseason, would change is the uh, Chiefs because They've got to find a way to protect Patrick Mahomes, and they've got some mother issues. We can say Mahomes, it doesn't matter who he throws to. If you give him a, a star receiver or a down-the-field, take-the-top-off guy, that changes the Chiefs. Chiefs cannot, in my opinion, get back to the Super Bowl averaging 17 points a game as they did this year. The defense was unbelievable. Something's got to give. So we'll see how this all plays out, but we're going to continue to talk about the back half of the draft and come this way as we count down to get all the way to the Chicago bears who currently have the number one pick. Jason, it's always fun, man. Always good to talk My with you. My pleasure, buddy. Always enjoy yeah. it. And uh, you guys follow us on YouTube as well. It's in the huddle pod. You can follow us here at in the huddle, like us and tell your friends. We're always talking NFL and we're giving you the latest on what we know as we head into the combine. Next time we talk, We'll be talking about what we learned at the combine. A couple of quarterbacks are not throwing. That's not unusual, but we'll get into all of that and maybe who really helped their draft status going in and coming out of this week next time we talk. Take care, everybody. It's in the home. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 